TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Well, glad to have you here on New England Lifestyles. Every week we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. You know, there's so many things going on, whether it be, you know, making contribution to a walk going on, or maybe just letting you know about an organization making a difference here in Boston. And one of the things I always say is that if you have an issue that is near and dear to you, no matter what it is, get in touch with me and we will open it up to you because these airwaves are here for conversations and to make a difference. And Joining me today is one of our compatriots here at the Odyssey Network in Boston, Greg Daniels. He does afternoons on Mix 104.1, and he came to me and said, you know, my wife, Dinara, who Dinara has been a part of this show in the past. She jumped on and talked about the Baltic Film Festival. She's talked about uh, ongoing efforts in Ukraine to kind of help support those people. So she has been just a, a spark plug over the years. So it's great to have you back, Dinara. To be here, Mike. And you have uh, brought a friend of yours, and I'm really excited to introduce Dr. Heather Hirsch. Uh, she is um, one of the key people, uh, founder of the Menopause and Midlife Clinic at Brigham and Women's Hospital. She, in the past, has been a faculty member of Harvard Medical. She has appeared on Oprah recently. She is an expert on uh, menopause. And the reason I wanted to talk about this, by the way, Dr. Hirsch, welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. It's nice to have this conversation. Now, one of the things is if you're a guy listening on Sports Radio WEI, don't change the channel because this is an investment in your marriage, I think, because every guy who is married eventually is going to have a wife who goes through menopause. And as a guy, I can say I know nothing about it. And this is not a good state of mind to be in if you have a wife who's entering this area. So we wanted to have this conversation. So thank you, everyone, for being here. Oh my gosh, so excited. And you know, that made me think about um, uh, if you uh, were ever lucky enough or blessed uh, to have witnessed your partner or wife have a baby and imagine you knew nothing, which granted you, you, you might not, right? But uh, you're going you're gonna to learn along the way, right? Whether you like it or not. So better to be paired on the upfront and, and on the up and up. And the, the difference between menopause is not so visually cueing a pregnancy you can see. And for most men, it becomes real when they put the crib together, like, oh, gosh, this thing is coming into the room. But menopause is so different because it doesn't always have a visual cue like that to remind you. There's no baby shower. There's, in fact, no baby at the end, uh, which is a joyous bundle of, of life. So I think it's so awesome that uh, you, you could say to your guys, you know, listen up, because that's, that's such a great attitude to have. And this is not just something that says, okay, well, we're done. We'll no longer have that part of our, our life month to month. It's much more complicated than that because there's hormones involved, there's impact. And, and Dinara, I mean, you have worked with Dr. Hirsch. Um, tell me about your experience because, I, again, this is one of those situations where people don't understand that it's a big thing that goes on, but no one ever really talks about it. Why are more people talking about it? I, I'm doing an interview next week about po postpartum depression. 
Um, there are so many things that happen that people don't want to talk about. So talk about your what happened with you, because it's it's a pretty compelling story. Thank you, Mike. Well, the funny thing is, I didn't know myself what I was going through. And that's the, that's the problem we have, big problem we have, that we don't know what we're facing. And when it hits you, and by, by the time you realize, sometimes there's a lot of health damage already has taken place. Uh, let me start by saying I'm 48 years, 48 years old. I still have my periods. I know it's a lot of information and it's as uncomfortable it is to say all these things and uneasy and a little scary. I know we have to talk about this because the only way we're going to normalize this to educate everybody all across, every woman and all the, all the men is by talking about it. And to get, so rid, of the, uh, and to get rid of the stigma as well. Full disclosure, Dinara is a patient of Dr. Hirsch. So go ahead. I am very me. lucky and fortunate to find Dr. Hirsch. I want to start by saying, I don't want to forget this. Dr. Hirsch saved my life. Wow. I'm doing out. The reason I'm doing Dr. Hirsch and her podcast and everything she has done, I listen to every podcast of yours, Dr. Hirsch. Thank you for the time you took. Thank you for, you know, um, I don't know what obstacles you faced to do all that. And I know your mother, uh, you have three young children. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for what you've done. All the women um, around the world, not just in the United States. And I appreciate, I know that, um, you're doing a lot now for to, um, educating doctors, which is another huge part of this problem, because that is what I faced, is what, that my doctors didn't realize, did not acknowledge it, didn't educate me on this, and that's what worse and exacerbated my problem. So let me just back it up a little bit. I'm 48 years old and never had depression, never had prior anxiety, never had prior insomnia, except for... I had a little bit of insomnia experience when I was pregnant with both of our children doing second and third trimesters. And then as soon as the babies were born, I went back to sleeping normal. So with that being said, in um, about two years ago, uh, I stopped sleeping. I just, mm -hmm. out of nowhere, there was no rhyme or reason. Uh, I just had trouble sleeping. And it, first it was kind of, I didn't realize looking back, it was cyclical in a way, the sleep, uh, these sleep issues, but I would sleep yeah. three to four hours. And what I did, which I was, a, which was a problem, which was obviously now looking back as a mistake. I just used that time to do all the things I needed to do around the house, <laughs> work, work stuff, you know, uh, projects we were working on. Again, I deprived even further thinking that I'll be tired enough to sleep, right? The next following night. And right. unfortunately things got worse. Yeah, things got worse. And the summer of 2021, I stopped sleeping entirely. I slept half an hour. My whole body started shutting down. And on top of that, my doctor, who was my primary care doctor, who didn't have to see much because I never had health care. Any other problems? <laughs> no, and that's the thing. I never really, I believe in preventative health care. I always exercise. I ate well. I thought I took care of it. You know, I should be all right. And I only would go see my doctor once a year you know, for annual appointment. That was it. My doctor during, um, uh, during pandemic, she, be, uh, she went concierge and which meant I had no doctor. So uh, to get a doctor mm -hmm. during COVID, remember it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I made an annual appointment eight months ahead. So they couldn't find anything sooner. So the new doctor, and when this crisis hit, I had no doctor. So I went to this, to this new primary cares practitioners practice. And I saw uh, a nurse practitioner, she saw me for 15 minutes and she prescribed Xanax. I came home and Greg looked at me and said, you're not taking Xanax. And I, to be honest, I've never taken any of these medications. So I didn't know any, what Xanax really could do. So I didn't take it, but the sleep wasn't improving. So I tried CBD oil. I tried, you know, the, I've tried everything under the planet. I practiced perfect hyg sleeping hygiene. I meditated. I did yoga, you know, nothing worked. 
So, Dr. Hurst, let me jump in here for a second. What she's prescribing, why is it that we kind of let little girls know what's coming when they're younger? So when, you know, they get their first period, it's not a surprise. But we don't prepare any women for what is coming. And this is just as big, if not bigger. What's going on there? It's really nothing short of a public health crisis. And perimenopause and going into menopause is really much like puberty, but in reverse. So it is astonishing that we all remember probably like gym class, like watching the TV. If you're, you know, in in in, in gym school in those times, like like me, uh, when you watch the TV there and learning about how our bodies change and kind of like grimacing and like kind of like, okay, that seems weird. But why don't we do it? We we also teach women now a lot more about what what to expect during pregnancy, right? What to expect when you're expecting is a huge huge thing. But there is no what to expect when you're done expecting or what to expect in perimenopause. And what happens What do you here, mean by perimenopause versus menopause? Yeah, great question, right? So menopause by the textbook is one year of a woman not having any periods. And that day she can get a cake and say, ha ha, this day is menopause. And then <laughs> once you are postmenopausal, you are always postmenopausal. But there is many years leading up to that change, just like puberty doesn't kind of like happen overnight, right? You don't wake up one day and all of a sudden you're, you know, a teenager from a, you know, six-year-old. You, you kind of slowly develop that body. The same thing happens as your body is almost like, I guess, I don't want to say winding down because that gives the, the, no one wants to go south here, but it's shifting again, right? It's shifting again, hopefully to the better part of your life where you don't have to worry about unintended pregnancies or bleeding and all of that. But when you don't know what to expect, you know, just, just like you said, you're trying to do all these things. You're trying to listen to what the, the, the magazines say to do, eat this way and exercise this way and do these sleep hygiene habits. But your body physiologically is changing. It's losing key hormones, namely estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and you have a surge of things like cortisol and other stress responses. And this perimenopausal time is happening over a few years. And just like you said, Mike, when, when women don't know um, what's happening to their bodies, and they're very proactive, women are, and usually often quite in tune with their bodies, it, it just it just feels like everything's so unfolding because you feel a huge you know, lack of control. You don't feel like yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, who is this person? I don't recognize you. And then if you've got a family structure, we all know that happy wife, happy life, happy mom, Correct. happy house, right? <laughs> and when that's all changing, it can make for huge dynamic shifts, which is why I say it is honestly nothing short of a public health crisis, this lack of this lack of education and awareness. In Dinara's case, she suffered miserably for a year and a half. She was she was unrecognizable. I mean, lack of sleep and just not knowing what's going on. And, she and you were, I mean, you were in stress at that point too. Absolutely. You'd come absolutely. in and you and I would have conversations. You'd be like, what's going on here? It was, it was a stressful time for you. And, and with that being said, um, she would go to doctors and, and different ones and their first line of defense seemed to be uh, antidepressants, which is, uh, it was shocking to me. Dinara was on a few of them and it just made her worse and made her spiral. And she suffered miserably. So why is that, but why is that here in, in the United States? It's not uh, hormone replacement therapy as far as the first line of defense, which is what they do in Europe. Why do they go the antidepressant route and, and how can that be changed? Mm, it's such a good question. There's two, there's, there's, I actually wrote a, a, a perspective piece on that 
that went to the Journal of General Internal Medicine in 2020. I actually thought a lot about this during the, the pandemic. And there's, there's three big reasons. The first is that there is a lot of biases against hormone therapy, particularly in the U.S., especially when it comes to women. Now, you guys, you guys, and I, I, honestly, I don't take care of men, so I won't say, but it do seems like it's maybe more acceptable or easier to say, I have low testosterone. I need to re- replace my well, testosterone. Well, that's the thing. There's a ton of advertising for that. You know, it seems like yeah. everywhere <laughs> I go. And, and by the way, when anyone's ever asked about those things, they, they say, well, it's dangerous for many reasons as well. It's like, you don't know the facts. And I'm surprised there's not more conversations about that. Exactly. So there's a lot of bias specifically on the side of replacing women's hormones. Um, And, you know, in in my day, I always say a lot, you know, I say, you know, if if men's testicles, no, no, sorry, guys, shriveled up at 45, I think that there would be a lot more, you know, treatment. I think people would be 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 doing be be much more aware, right? And all my female patients are like, yes, of course. Um, but so there's a lot of bias, and a lot of that also stems from, um, you know, fears about litigation or or the dangers of hormone therapy, of which actually, truly, truly, much of that has been demystified in the last 20 years after this seminal study came out. In the early 2000s, we're talking 20 years ago that scared a lot of providers. So there's inherent bias. Two, there's a lack of education among our doctors. We don't train them. And that is actually uh, on the medical profession itself. And um, the ACGME, the the rulers uh, who decide what medical students learn and what doctors learn, have historically paid no amount of given no amount of time to menopause education and training, which blows your mind. Sure. I once did a tick, I went to the TikTok, um, oh my gosh, like two years ago. And I said, okay, it's time for our menopause class. It's when your periods end, class adjourned. That's what we learned. Instead right. of how those loss in hormones actually really affect all the things Denaro was saying. And then years and years and years and years after and marriages and partnerships and friendships and hobbies and jobs. So that's two is there's a lack of education. So physicians, they only know what they know. And they're either biased about hormone therapy or they've never seen it prescribed. So they pull something out of their pocket that they know how to use, which is sure. which is more the antidepressants. And then third, you know, menopause is socially and politically and culturally charged. I mean, the fact that you guys uh, invited me to come on and talk about midlife women's health is so freaking cool because the 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 ways in which it's currently been discussed in the discourse is on you know certain areas of the internet and then more as the pandemic into Instagram and TikTok but to have a big broad audience like y'all have and for everyone listening today this is so exciting such an exciting opportunity because women's health literally affects everyone's health everyone's. right there's no doubt. I mean, when it comes down to it, this is one of those things where it affects more than 50% of the population. The population, which I, maybe it's just my, my household, but the way I look at it, they're the people in charge of raising kids. They're the people who take care of virtually everything. Look, if it wasn't for my wife, I would, I don't even know what I, I probably wouldn't even be here. And that's a fact. And, I, you know, we, we had this conversation about this today. She doesn't know anything about it. She's like, I don't know what I'm at. Where, where am I at? She doesn't know. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm um, Denara, let's get back to where you were. If I can chime yeah. in on that, I yeah. do not know. And I'm a well-read person. Yeah. I always thought yeah. I, yeah. I read a lot on health. I always believed in preventative health care, preparing myself. I read every book on the planet before my babies were born. You know, I, I always tackle 
when something happens, you know, whatever, whatever issues, I always tackle them and I read about them. The fact that I never heard term perimenopause is mind boggling to me. Yeah. I couldn't believe, I felt so, I mean, slighted. I felt so, I felt so stupid about myself. So, you know, for lack of a better word, just because how could I have not known these things? A lot of misinformation out there, even from medical community coming from saying that you, if you if your periods are regular, you're not perimenopausal. It's not true. I had regular periods and all of that was happening to me, which sleep could be affected first. I know it's all individual and a lot of us, but I have so many girlfriends who have the same issue, but they can't sleep. They have low mood. They have anxiety. They are depressed. And, and it's a lot of times too, real quick here is that... Um, Women will suffer for years and years with, with this, it's not silent. knowing what it is, and they will be misdiagnosed because from what I understand, um, perimenopause can, can mimic mental health issues. So that's where Absolutely. the, the, the uh, pharmaceuticals come in. And well, why just, doesn't that just become right. the first, rather than go directly to, well, it must be mental health. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you say, well, let's see if we can do something with hormones because we know that hormones are changing and we know that the body's changing. So let's take a look at that because they're all going through it. I mean, did I talk about your treatment and Dr. Hirsch talk about why taking an approach that looks at a wide variety of options makes sense? Here's, this is what happened with me. They, with Like Greg mentioned, within a span of six weeks, I was prescribed four different antidepressants and two very heavy sleep aids. Let's just say that my body was thrown in complete, uh, uh, you know, havoc. Thermal, like I've never seen. So that happened in 21. I came off all of that. I was able to stabilize. I started using supplements that I never used before, you know, such as magnesium, taurine, you know. But again, I everywhere I read about HRT, they were just saying... Uh, all the risks, you know, all the official American medical guidelines were that there are risks involved and you shouldn't start until you're in menopause and, you know, and there's only five years you can use it. And that's what I followed until I had another bout of insomnia that returned the following year. And unfortunately, this time it came with low mood that I didn't really recognize initially. It was this like the sky was never blue kind of a feeling. Nothing really excited me anymore. And that went on for like a good month and a half. And then one day, I couldn't sleep that night, half an hour after half an hour sleep, I woke up and I became actively suicidal. Something I've never experienced in my life. And it was the scariest thing, not recognizing yourself and thinking what just happened. And that's something that is not talked about. And I, and I freaked out, Greg freaked out. We called our friend who had some uh, uh, encounters with, mental health issues uh, as far as in her family. And she, you know, we all decided that I have to get hospitalized. And because of perimenopause, I went to mental, mental hospital. And when I got there, they promised, before we went there, they promised me that they'll address my hormone issue because I still believe that this was hormonal. Some, within me, I still felt I was not depressed in a depressed kind of a way, that I did not have anxiety. I just have this inner wired feeling. And when I got there, unfortunately, they said they have nothing. They don't have endocrinologists. They don't have gynecologists on staff. They were just offering me low dose of mitrazapine, which is helpful for sleep. And they were wanting to put me on an antidepressant, which I refused. The good, the one good thing about insomnia is there is one good thing. You have a lot of time to research. And in the middle of the night, I would spend researching. And that's when I came across Dr. Louise Newsom, a British menopause expert. And I'm also very grateful for her work. And what I also came across, which was very interesting, that in Great Britain, when a woman has in her 40s has low mood and has problem, problems with sleeping and has joint pain, first line of defense, 
national guideline is to offer body identical HRT. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. I thought there was only synthetic and there was only bioidentical, which is non-FDA approved. What is this body identical? And that was- By the way, HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Thank you. And, Thank and you. The I'm fact sorry. that that's not that that's not the first line of defense here is just um, is is ludicrous to me. I mean, if if it if it seems to be working over there, why not do it here? Why have women suffer like this? You know, to go through this when they don't have to. Doctor so- Hirsch, floor is yours. I really want your listeners to know that suicide rates are the highest among women, Caucasian women, ages forty-five to fifty-five. And that's the window. And that's the window. I have seen this. I had a patient lose her life. I remember being in fellowship and um, a lady drove right up to the Cleveland Clinic, right to the menopause clinic and said, you have to, someone has to see my mom. She's suicidal. If you think about something like postpartum depression, which we've heard a lot about in the news, it's very similar. You have this crash in hormones and the hormones affect your brain. And they affect your brain so deeply that it can mimic depression, major depressive disorder. Um, and it is, it is truly fascinating to see how it can improve people's moods, but not, and not just moods, of course, the, the other symptoms that are, are plaguing a person. But I really wanted to take uh, the chance to validate that that story is really Gary, it must feel so completely unlike you. And it's happened so commonly, but not a lot of people want to get on the radio and tell and tell the story or or, or call a neighbor um, or or talk about it. And um, it is so freaking scary because then you get to a hospital and you're thinking, well, could somebody talk to me in the middle of the night about hormones? And they're probably like... You know, oh my gosh, that's the last thing. But um, it is it is something that I I do wish that there was so much more information on. I do wish it was first line treatment, and it should be as it is in the UK, where they've done a lot of work, as you said, on those niche guidelines. And in the US, we don't have a we have more of an autonomous system versus like guidelines. So so practitioners physicians can practice according to, you know, um, you know, certainly they want to use evidence-based medicine, but in our uh, country, uh, hormone therapy is not FDA approved for, let's say, mood disruptions, joint aches or pains. It's really only FDA approved for hot flashes, night sweats. So that being said, it takes a doctor who really, I spend all of my time doing perimenopause and menopause. And because of that, I have seen so many, uh, different experiences, unique, but some of the same threads coming through. And I know in my heart, but clinically also how the impact of replacing estrogen and progesterone or sometimes testosterone really resets the brain. And my patients will tell me all the time, I get you, you gave me my life back. I feel like myself again. Um, I'm, I'm thriving. I am no longer that person. I'm so scared to ever go back there. And um, it's just so moving because, um, uh, like I said, this is nothing short of a public health crisis that I am so honored to be here today speaking to your audience because 
we all need to really put this on the radar. Again, uh, you're listening to Ring and Lifestyles as part of the Odyssey Network. Dinar, before we wrap up, I wanted to know how your story went from where you were at. Once I figured out that that this is hormonal and I figured out that I need that HRT. So I went to my doctor and I asked her for the, actually for the hormone replacement therapy before. And she said that even though she's a menopause specialist, she doesn't prescribe in perimenopause. That's not the practice that they do. They only do it in postmenopausal. So she referred me to the naturopathic doctor. Unfortunately, that naturopathic doctor wasn't taking any new patients. And so it goes and on. So I put myself on the list with two clinics we have in Boston. One is thanks to Dr. Hirsch, mm-hmm. uh, which is at the Brigham and Women's. And the other one is at Mass General Hospital. And there was a year and a half wait list for that, by the way. A year and a half. So I would have been long dead if I, <laughs> so I was on a wait list and, and then that's when I heard that found Dr. Hirsch and I kept listening to Dr. Pa- I was kind of Dr. Hirsch. I was kind of following you, I was stalking you uh, through your podcasts and, and on the internet, trying to figure out where you're going to land, because I had a feeling you weren't just going to leave Boston without, you know, going to greater, bigger, greater things. And sure enough, you went to MIDI health. And from there you opened your own telepractice and, uh, I'm patient of yours now, and uh, um, I am taking um, body identical hormone uh, hormone therapy replacement therapy with insurance. It costs me exactly twelve dollars a month. Wow! I feel like uh, my old self, except much more wiser, much more powerful. Awesome. I can't tell you what a difference it made. Like Oprah said, the sky is blue again. All my passions that I had, I'm passionate about all those things again. I, there is zest in life and uh, I feel amazing. I know Dr. Hirsch actually thinks that I'm not at optimized level with my dosage, which I agree with her. So I'm looking forward to optimize it, mm-hmm. adding testosterone to it to deal with my brain fog. <laughs> how, does, how does that make you feel, Dr. Hirsch, when you hear stories like this and, and it's because of you and thanks to you? There's no words to describe um, how, there's no words to describe it. There really is no words. It it is what the it is what fuels me. I think we all, if we have a, if we're lucky enough to have a job that we love, even if you love your job, you know, you still wake up and you have your coffee and you're like, oh, when am I just gonna move to Hawaii, you know, <laughs> and, and retire and and just have time for myself? But every time I open my laptop now, and I see my patients and I hear these stories. I kid you not, I say like my book was inspired by all my patients and all their stories. And it's really true. My work has been molded and shifted by my patients asking me questions and making me, uh, I don't want to say, I I think think outside the box a little bit. Um, And then I've learned to love to educate other clinicians. And so it sounds as though it's really corny and I'm making it up, but my patients motivate me and it provides the grease to the wheels to keep me going. And then me doing all these other things I love to do, my podcast or YouTube. And, you know, it's amazing. I'll have patients reach out to me from New Mexico. I'm not even close to New Mexico saying, because of you, I, I got my doctor to prescribe HRT and I feel so much better. Uh, or because of you, I decided uh, I want to learn about this. And now my doctor's on board and I'm so excited because of you, I realized I wasn't depressed. I didn't have, uh, you know, um, dementia. I, I wasn't in a sexless marriage forever. There was so much I could do and you provide so much hope. And so it, it actually, I think what it turns into is this art that then I give back into the world. That's really what I think. 
So your book, which is coming out, I guess, June 6th. Uh, it is. Yeah. Unlock, unlock your menopause type, personalized treatments, and last word on hormone remedies that work. So yeah. first off, congratulations on the book. G- give me three tips you want women to know and things that guys have to know about their wives going through this. Let's see. Three things that women have to know. I think that women should start tracking their symptoms along with their periods. I think tracking is really helpful because um, if you, if, if what Danara is saying is that she was like thinking like, could this be mental health? Could this be that my supplements are wrong? When you start to track either your periods with your mood and your sleep, and you see some cyclic patterns that can help you think about things that are hormonal. Number two, while there's not a ton of menopause and midlife experts out there, there there are a few, um, and you can find them by going to menopause.org. Um, a uh, let's see, uh, I, I see patients in a couple states, um, but ishwish.org or ISSWSH is the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health, and there are lists of doctors who are certified. Um, and the third then builds off all of that, which is like keep being proactive. If you are not satisfied by what your doctor says, you know, you can um, ask for second opinions. Uh, You can keep reading, you can keep searching um, on how they can do the research and take a paper with them to their doctor to say, this is what I tried, this is what I have, here's the paper you can read, I wanna take hormone therapy. Um, And they've worked with their doctors who are even the most sort of closed off to the idea to really get hormone therapy. So those are the three things is that all women should know. And the fourth is that really there is hope because we opened this segment talking about giving birth and and, and watching your, you know, your your significant other, your wife, your partner have a a baby or go through a pregnancy if, if they did. And what I think about menopause is I'm not, there, there is no, like, I'm not birthing a baby, um, but it feels like I'm giving new life to women in midlife often who come to see me, of course, because they're having symptoms. And it is like a, having a, a, a rebirth almost, if you will. So for men, I actually would love to hear about how Greg felt during this, because I think like, like most things, men feel so stuck uh, because uh, they don't have the same body. They don't have the same hormones. You guys, you make a bunch of testosterone every single day of most of your life. And and that's it. It's nice and steady. You all go through puberty and then you can just pack it up. You're done. And so I I see so many of my male partners just feel sidelined and angered and frustrated, you know, taking your wife to see a different doctor, being really supportive and helping her to either get to an appointment because those things all take time. It takes time to drive there, to get there, to get the blood work, to think about things. Just being there and listening, I think is, is so helpful for guys to know. This is not your fault and has actually very little to do with you, whether you like that or not. And you know, your wife may not want to be touched or not want to be intimate or feel really grouchy towards you. And it's a physiologic process. And so really try to not take that part personally, because she's working through so many things to get her body back. And just being able to, to be flexible, which might mean keeping the house really cold, sleeping in another room, if you're waking her up snoring, and and that's just the, the one thing that would keep her sleeping one hour longer, you know, just being flexible, because this time may, you know, it will, it can last for a while. I was going to say, we'll eventually end. It can last for a while. The more armed you are, the more, you know, the more you can help your spouse, the more you can help her help herself and learn her body. You know, you will become even stronger. I promise. I see it every single day. 
Yeah, as far as uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned, is it was scary. I mean, we didn't know what was going on and the doctors didn't seem to be helping. And it got to the point where we didn't know what to do, the, the next step. I mean, we were kind of losing hope because we didn't know what she was going through. There wasn't a name for it. We didn't know if it was a mental thing, if it was uh, physical. So, I mean, it was it was scary as hell. And, and the fact that uh, she was able to, in her state of mind, do the research that she did and find out exactly the route to take. I don't know where we would have been without, you know, finding you and, and finding the, uh, the the right road to take. And it was, for the entire family, just scary. Scary. It's made a big difference now, though, right? Oh, my God. Thank you, Dr. Hirsch, for bringing our matriarch back to us, you know, and, and bringing Denara back. So and, I tell you what, Greg, you you are married to a superstar, a hero. I mean, let's be honest about this. The things she's at, she's passionate about. She makes a difference. She takes the next step. She makes the things for Ukraine yeah. and getting this word out. You know, you, you said yourself, you didn't know what to do. The reality mm-hmm. is, is knowledge is out there. Information is out there. And conversations like this going out over the radio is such an important step. So Denara, first and foremost, thank you for being brave enough to tell your story. It's not easy. And, it's scary. It's heartbreaking. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the other part is that uh, Denara was yeah. like, hey, uh, the reason we're here with Dr. Hirsch is because Denara was like, we got to get Dr. Hirsch on the radio. <laughs> we, we just want to get the message out because I saw it you know, firsthand, up close and personal, the trauma she went through and the suffering she went through. And if we can, if we can help other women not go through that i mean this is yeah uh, you just need the name right dr hirsch you just need to name it what it is we can deal with a lot of things but we have to know what that it what that it is right and that once i knew it was perimenopause it was hormonal it was it was it was like like the weight lifted i knew you know that i'll figure out a way how to get that those hormone replacement therapy i just want to say a couple of things just girls out there women please talk about it talk to your girlfriends talk to your sisters what you went through what you're going through because this really makes a difference. You could save somebody's life or you can make somebody's life, you know, much, uh, much better. You could save a them. A lot of women do stuff. suffer in silence, right? I mean, there, there are a ton of women that don't say anything and just kind of go through this. They don't want to get their family members involved. They don't want to be a burden. Well, yeah. They don't want to be stigmatized. They don't want to be, right? They don't want to, you know, there is a stereotype. There's a stigma. My own mother doesn't talk about it. And she's a veterinarian, medical person. And she had this hysterectomy to deal with perimenopause, menopause, but you know, this is something hushed about. It's not, and we have to change that. And I feel like, I hope this, we are the last generation that had to suffer like this. I hope our sons will not have to deal with it. Well, again, I thank everyone for being here. We're running out of time, but Dinara, thank you for sharing your story. And Dr. Hirsch, we'll give you the last word. How can people get in touch with you? Obviously the book is coming out, Unlock Your Menopause Type. That's out. You can pre-order it on Amazon, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So way to go. That's one step. But how can people follow you, listen to you, get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, easy. So I have made my life easier by making everywhere on social at Heather Hirsch MD. And you can also check me out on my website, HeatherHirschMD.com. And that is kind of the source for everything. Awesome. Um, and, and, and honestly, kudos to you, Greg and Mike. My heart is so full uh, that this has been the topic of your show today. I think that this is exactly what we need. We need uh, more men in the conversation. Also wanting to talk about, you know, changes, hormonal changes in a woman's life. And kudos to you guys. Really, really thank you so much because I know that people are going to be listening to this thinking like, man, I didn't know this is what I was going to tune into, but like, holy heck. This is a dimension I need to be in because it's really important. And Greg, I didn't tell you this, but next week, low T, that's our topic. You're back. Just kidding. kidding. Guys, thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us on New England Lifestyles. Speak for yourself. (laughs) 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 